Anxiety has the qualities of air, okay? So it's like movement, right? You can think of it as thoughts moving across the mind. So they're mobile, they're quick, they're sort of light, right? That's how you can kind of describe anxiety. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Radically Loved Radio. I wanted to create a place where people can go to to get inspired, get motivated, or find some clarity and get tools to create a radically loved life. I will do my best to provide information on a variety of subjects, including yoga, holistic health, life coaching, spirituality, meditation, and overall mindful living. Each episode will bring you some of the world's best spiritual leaders, entrepreneurs, yoga teachers, coaches, along with some of my closest friends, and we will talk about their life experiences and journeys to create something more out of their lives and how they continue to grow to make that happen. Thanks for listening. Everybody, welcome back to Radically <laughs> Loved Radio. Well, okay, guys, so we changed it. It's not Radically Loved Radio anymore. Welcome to Radically Loved. I don't know why. I'm just so used to saying the radio at the end, and it's not been radio for a long time. But anyway, side note, <laughs> everybody, welcome back. We have a very incredible guest today. I'm so excited to have this conversation with her. Dr. Avanti Kumar Singh is here with us. She is a 20-year-plus experienced physician who began her career as an ER doctor in Chicago, and she is uh, an Ayurveda guru. Can I say Can I say that? I can say that. I don't know. Well, you I are. guess you could say it, but... <laughs> <laughs> It makes me a little uncomfortable, but that's okay. Well, I, I know, but you have so much experience and you've you've learned through different healing systems and I'm I'm really excited to talk to you about everything. You have a new book out as well mm-hmm. that you're here to talk about. And because I my background is I just told you what my background was. I'm a yoga and meditation teacher and so studying Ayurveda has always been something that I've been uh, passionate about. And I, I'm still so much a novice when it comes to it, because I know there's so much to learn. And even though I've been studying it for the last 15 years, I still feel like I don't know anything because it's such a complex system. And Mm -hmm. anytime we have anybody on the show that has the background that you do, I get so excited because I want to ask you so many questions. But knowing that you're here to be asked questions, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here, Rosie. I first of all, the tell us a little bit about your book and what inspired you to write it because I'm always so interested in hearing people's writing process. Mm-hmm. And I know that writing a book is not an easy thing to do. So please tell us uh, a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. So my book is called The Health Catalyst, How to Harness the Power of Ayurveda to Self-Heal and Achieve Optimal Wellness, a long title. But it really, um, and I self-published it actually last year in the midst of the pandemic, um, because I just really wanted to get this out there and writing a book proposal and doing all of those things would have just taken longer for me to be able to get it out into the world, even though there were people who were telling me to do that. So we'll see, maybe in the future. But, um, you know, this really came out of so many years of speaking and teaching and doing workshops where 
I would constantly have people coming up to me, you know, in the midst of a two hour workshop and say to me, this is the first time I've actually understood how to apply Ayurveda and Ayurvedic principles to my life. Do you have a book? <laughs> and that's literally that, that, that question over five or six years became so constant that I was sort of like, okay, I've got to write this all down. So really the book came out of teaching in person and working with patients, you know, privately, but mostly the group settings where I was really teaching, um, just lay people, patients, students, and then also a lot of yoga teachers. I'm a certified uh, yoga therapist. So teaching classmates and other people who are in yoga therapy school, um, it really came out of that. So that's kind of where the inspiration came from. How long did it, so you wrote it during the pandemic? I did. I actually started it before the pandemic. Um, I started outlining it. You know, honestly, I've probably had it in my head for about five years. Um, and just it's been sort of building. And, you know, honestly, I really wanted to also add in to, you know, the, the details and sort of the specifics of how to apply Ayurveda to your life. I also wanted to talk about my background and sort of, you know, why this is so important to me. You know, how did I make the shift from Western medicine over to Ayurvedic medicine and why yeah. did that happen? Right. Um, because I think, you know, storytelling and journeys that, especially for those of us in the healing professions, in the helping professions, it has a lot of power to it when you explain why you're doing what you're doing. Um, and it is, it, it really inspires other people too. So for me, this was sort of a little bit of a, of a memoir, not much. I mean, it's a very short book. It's meant to be a primer on Ayurveda and then um, some really practical tips. So yeah, how do you go from being an ER doctor to doing what you're doing now? You know, I think it's, um, I probably have said this hundreds of times to people because that, this is a common question, you know, how are you an MD and now you're doing Ayurveda? Like, where did that come from? And I think it really comes down to a similar story for many people who are in um, the integrative wellness world, right? Or doing these integrated practices is which you get sick, you have some kind of a health crisis yourself, you start looking for answers and one thing leads to another, right? For me, I had a health crisis during my medical training and I really had to sort of take a hard look at my life, my lifestyle, my health, my habits. And I really thought about, well, you know, why is it that for the first 18, 20 years of my life, when I lived at home, I had no health issues. And now you know, I'm in my medical training, you know, after college, I'm having all these health issues and I'm in my late twenties, my mid twenties. Um, and really it came down to, I grew up with Ayurveda. I'm South Asian. I'm first generation. My parents came here from India and Ayurveda was just the way we did things. And so I never thought about the fact that I grew up with this powerful healing system, this powerful medicine that was part of my daily life. And, you know, I, I came to this, you know, I was born in this country. My parents came to this country looking for a better life to educate both of their daughters. I have a younger sister. And so, you know, I set my sights on medical school and then never looked back and never looked in either direction. Um, and so, you know, again, it's, it's a common story for a lot of us who are in these practices. We go looking for answers and we find the yeah, answers. Yeah, I, I love that because as a first generation uh, Mexican-American as yeah. well, I I went through a similar journey in my experience 
and background, I had grown up with my grandmother making tinctures and Mm -hmm. growing her own herbs and doing different prayers and lighting candles and doing this different type of ritualistic practice whenever we were sick or whenever we were feeling unwell. And I always thought that was such an interesting thing that that was so innate for me. Mm -hmm. So I was never the person to go to the doctor right away or take medicine. I mean, even now I still won't take Advil if I have a headache. I just drink a lot of water and maybe lay down for a little bit or go for a walk. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, and I understand the benefits of Western medicine, of course. And, and I think it's important, you know, but I, I find it really fascinating that when you are exposed to a different way of healing, how it makes you more open to receiving Mm -hmm. from different, uh, yeah, like from different types of modalities. I'm curious because being an MD and then, and then being an Ayurvedic practitioner, to me, I feel like every single MD should have this training. Like every single mm-hmm. one, I feel like we would be in a way different place in our system. I feel like we would have a different, um, not reaction, but a, a different response from people because I feel that maybe I guess let's explain everybody that's listening to this podcast. They, I would hope know at least a little bit about Ayurveda, but if somebody's mm-hmm. listening to this right now, and this is the first time they're listening to this show, like what is Ayurveda? Right. So it's, it's something that's hard to describe, but I've kind of gotten it down to a science of how to explain it pretty succinctly. And really the basic principle in Ayurveda is that when we live in harmony with nature, we can access and have optimal health and wellness full stop. I mean, it's really that simple. And then it can become very complicated from there, right? So it's it's about us as human beings being connected to everything in nature, everything in the universe, being connected to other human beings, con- connected to the plants and the animals and the elements that are in nature, right? And I think it's really interesting because the pandemic has really shown us how incredibly connected we actually are. You know, and I think that the, the principles of Ayurveda have been so front and center, which is, um, you know, the pandemic, of course, is, is, has been crazy and it's been difficult. But if there's been a gift in it, it's that people are seeing how interdependent we are on each other and on the environment and nature and, you know, on the earth. Right. So yeah. um, that's really what Ayurveda is, is, is this idea that if you live in harmony with the daily cycles of nature, right? The daily path of the sun, if you live in harmony with the seasonal cycles of nature and even the life stages and then the astrological, I mean, we can go layer by layer, you will have, you will have optimal health. You can access it at any time. That's really what Ayurveda is. Yeah. And it, I'm like, yes, I want this system. So (laughs) this is been the only system that anytime I've been out of balance has restored. I've talked about this Mm -hmm. on the podcast. It's been the only system that can restore me back to Mm -hmm. alignment because it is time and time again has proven to me that it works and it really works well because I 
can commit to a system. And I'm also an extremist. So I will, I'm like, I'm a Vata Pitta. So I need to do all of these different balancing. I need to stop eating all of these foods and I need to wake up earlier and I need to do things a certain way. So Mm -hmm. do you, do you talk about the doshas in your book? Is there a way for people to understand their own system better? So I do touch on the doshas, but I'll be really honest. I'm not a big proponent of the doshas when you're first starting with Ayurveda, because what happens is that it is just another way for us to try and take a quiz and have a list and then do X, Y, and Z and think that we're going to get better. And that's not the point of Ayurveda. The reason that I feel that dosha quizzes can be very confusing in the beginning is because they're they're nuanced. It's not as easy as just taking a quiz online because you need to be working with a practitioner or actually know what, how you're supposed to be answering the questions. It's about what you're like over your lifetime, not what's going on right now. Right now. Exactly. And people end up confusing the way that they answer the question. So you'll get a mix of answers. The most important thing from my perspective, when you're starting with Ayurveda is to understand what is the imbalance that's going on for you right now. So I talk about things with relationship or in the context of the elements and the qualities, because Ayurveda is a qualitative science. So for example, you know, people will come to Ayurveda because there's something wrong. They're trying to heal something, right? That's why we go looking for answers. So if you have, let's say anxiety, right? You can describe the qualities of anxiety. Now it's more important for you to understand what anxiety is as far as the qualities and then how to balance anxiety to make you feel better. That's more important than knowing what your dosha is, right? Mm. Um, And this is where people start to get confused when they first start working with Ayurveda. So long answer to your very specific question, I don't really you know, advocate doing dosha quizzes when you first start out with Ayurveda. It's more important to understand what are you being challenged with? What is the imbalance? And then what are you going to do to start moving back towards balance? Yeah. Oh, that's so good. And I love that you talk about anxiety because I suffered from debilitating panic attacks when I was a teenager. And I feel that mm-hmm. that has been such a huge ailment for people over the last year and a half for sure that have been struggling with this. So what are some ways that people can understand those qualities more and maybe even Mm -hmm. begin to sync with these universal elements that can help restore us back to health. Right. So let's, let's start here. Let me, let me start with the basics. I'm going to back up a little before I answer the question about anxiety. When you think about Ayurveda, again, you know, I talked about the fact that it's all about being in harmony with nature. The idea is that everything in nature, including human beings are made of five elements, air, space, fire, water, and earth. Okay. We're all a unique combination of those elements. Now, every element has certain qualities. There are 20 qualities or 10 pairs of qualities in Ayurveda. So Ayurveda is a qualitative science. It's not quantitative like Western medicine. So that right there is a perspective shift right? We can all describe qualities. We can describe the qualities of air. It's mobile. It's cool. It's dry. We can describe fire. It's hot. It's sharp. It's mobile, right? 
you get the idea there. So the idea is that you can apply these qualities not only to people and animals and, and plants, but also to symptoms. So if you have a symptom like anxiety and also to foods and movement and everything has these qualities. So then they have the, the qualities of certain elements. In Ayurveda, there's a basic principle I call the golden principle, which is like increases like and opposites reduce. Literally, if you just remember that, you can apply Ayurveda to your life right now. Then it's just a matter of practicing these concepts. So the idea is that if you have a symptom like anxiety, the first step, you know, is to really think about, well, what are the qualities of anxiety? And I've actually developed a, a system to really kind of give a framework. It's called the counterbalance solution, which is basically step one is you identify what is the challenge you're having and what are the qualities of that challenge? So we're going to talk about anxiety. Anxiety has the qualities of air. Okay. So it's like movement, right? You can think of it as thoughts moving across the mind. So they're mobile, they're quick, they're sort of light, right? That's how you can kind of describe anxiety. Now, the second step in the counterbalance solution is you apply the golden principle, like increases, like opposites reduce. So if you, if you use remedies that are, have the same qualities as anxiety, you're going to increase your, your anxiety. If you do the opposite, you'll reduce your anxiety. So the opposite of mobile is stable. So you want to do, let's say grounding movement, right? A lot of people think that running and doing lots of activity will, will help them burn off nervous energy. Well, that's true to a certain extent, but you need to also balance it with some grounding, right? I liken it to sort of a balloon, right? The anxiety is that balloon going all over in the wind you need the, the, the string and you need to ground that string to the ground to really keep it from flying away. The same sort of thing with anxiety. So you get the picture here, right? So you can literally apply this to any challenge. And there's three areas of remedies that we really focus on when we're talking about self-healing, which is routines or daily rhythms, diet, and then the, what I call the tools of yoga right? Because we need to, you know, you're, you're a yoga teacher. Also, we need to sort of get back to what yoga is. It's not just the asana or the posture. It's about so much more. So I call it the tools of yoga. That in a nutshell is really how you apply Ayurveda to your life. This episode is brought to you by Magic Spoon. Growing up, cereal was one of the best parts of being a kid, but I had to give it up because I realized it was full of sugar and junk that you really shouldn't eat. As most of you know, I am a sugar addict and I've been trying really hard over the last couple of years to cut sugar out of my diet completely. I'm also the person that likes to have breakfast for dinner. So when I found out that Magic Spoon has zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving, I had to try it. There's only 140 calories per serving. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. Do yourself a favor and get the variety pack that has four flavors. It's cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. A quick pro tip. When you mix the cocoa with the peanut butter, it tastes just like a peanut butter cup. Go to magicspoon.com forward slash loved to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure you use promo code loved, that's L-O-V-E-D at checkout to save $5 off of your first order. 
Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with 100% happiness guaranteed. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money with no questions asked. Remember to get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com forward slash loved and use code loved to save $5 off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. Do you want to know how long it took me to get Tori an engagement ring? Six years. This is mostly because any time we would ever happen to go to a jewelry store or happen to see one in passing when we've been out somewhere, it's really hard for him to make a choice because there's not really a lot of choices out there for guys, unfortunately. I was on Instagram and something came up in my feed and I clicked on it and I saw this really cool black on black wedding band on a guy's hand. Then I went down the rabbit hole of the manlybands.com website and the rest is history. Well, I, I did stalker them a little bit. No, but seriously, Manly Bands has awesome wedding bands in just about every type of earthly material imaginable, uh, even from space. The first thing that we did was order the Manly ring sizer from Manly Bands to ensure that his ring fit perfectly. Once I got his size, it was time for the fun part. Manly Bands has an insane collection of materials to choose from. Gold, wood, antler, steel, dinosaur bone, and even the meteorites that killed them. That makes me really sad. So you or your man or woman can choose from a curated collection like Jack Daniel's Whiskey Barrel Collection. And if you're feeling a little bit more creative, you can customize the band of your choosing. You can choose the material, the inlay, the sleeve, and the finish. So once you've made your selection, Manly Bands offers free shipping worldwide, a 30-day exchange policy, and a free warranty. And this was part of the copy for this ad that really cracked me up. So while there might be a 50% chance of your marriage working out, there's a 100% chance that he's going to love his band, and he did, and so did I. And in fact, if I don't get to keep him, I will definitely ask for the band back. To order his Manly Band and get 21% off plus a free silicone ring, Go to manlybands.com forward slash loved. That's manlybands.com forward slash loved. And you'll get 21% off. A special thanks to Manly Bands for being a supporter of Radically Loved Radio. This episode is brought to you by Flex. One of the biggest things that bothered me about period care was the sheer waste of materials. Every month they would go flushing down the toilet and it really bothered me. But if you want a period product that looks out for your body, your lifestyle, and the planet you've got to try Flex. Flex is innovating period care with products that are body safe, made for comfort, and made to keep you moving. And if you want the planet to love you even more, choose the Zero Waste Flex Cup, a reusable menstrual cup that Cosmo rated number one. The patented pull tab makes Flex the only cup on the market that removes like a tampon. It's so easy, you already know how to use it. It's disability friendly and made with beginners in mind. I remember when I first tried the Flex Cup, it was a little bit intimidating because I was afraid that I wouldn't be able to get it out, but it's actually not that complicated. You gotta just, well, bear down and reach for the cup. Flex has helpful videos and in-depth diagrams and Flexperts available to walk you through the entire process. You'll never go back to the products from the past once you try Flex. So lend mother nature a hand. Go to flexfits.com forward slash loved and use the code loved for 20% off flex disc starter kits or 10% off of your first flex cup plus free US shipping. That's code L-O-V-E-D at flex, F-L-E-X, fits, F-I-T-S dot com forward slash 
loved. Wow. And it's so, it seems so simple just to <laughs> think about it in those terms. I love what you're saying about the like, what is it? Like, like increases, like, like increases, like, and opposites reduce and opposites reduce because mm-hmm. innately in, in my mind before, when I had anxiety, I would do the running, I would mm-hmm. go and exhaust the energy because I felt that that's what needed to happen. It wasn't until I started to learn more about yoga that I realized maybe what I need to do is the opposite of Mm -hmm. this intense movement. And I started to practice more yoga nidra and I started to increase my meditation time and I stopped watching television at night. I started to take away all of the things that were um, uh, just increasing that energy, anything that I was taking in that was increasing that same quality, like you said, of movement, because all of those things you're describing have a lot of mobility and movement, which is just increasing the mobility and movement of anxiety. So you were doing the opposite things, which was starting to ground and sort of bring in those qualities of the earth, right? Which is opposite from air. So it's actually so simple to apply to your life um, that really, you know, anyone can do this. You know, even if you're absolutely new to Ayurveda, if you just spend a little time sort of shifting your mindset and understanding it's qualitative and this one principle, you can start to apply it to your life very easily. So you said the three things are establishing a routine Mm -hmm. and then changing your diet, right? And then the third is the tools of yoga. Those are the three areas of remedy that we talk about in Ayurveda and routines and rhythms are the most important thing to start with. And so we'll, we'll start with that saying Mm -hmm. how we wake up in the morning or the things that we do every day. What would you say to somebody that has a very stressful They have to wake up and get the kids ready and then they have to get on, they have to do their work, Zoom meetings, and it's very frenetic. Right. So the first thing, the most important thing is to create some kind of schedule, right? I know that that can be really challenging if you have children or you have multiple roles and responsibilities. So what I like to say is create some touchstones throughout the day right? Where your body and your mind can just go into a relaxation of like saying, okay, I know that I'm going to eat my lunch at 11 o'clock every day. That becomes a touchstone. It becomes something regular in your schedule, whatever it is, start with that. I always suggest starting with sleep and wake times and then meal times. Those are sort of the ones that are the most important. We know how important sleep is to the health to your health. And then wake times, it just helps you get a start on the day at a regular time. And then your meal times, right? If you can regulate those, those are again, good touch points or touchstones throughout the day. And then you can start to add to that, but that's a good starting point. Oh, that's really great. And then the types of food that we're eating, mm-hmm. I also will add from my personal experience, mm-hmm. I was having the debilitating panic attacks. I was eating a lot of fast food. Mm-hmm. and a lot of sugar, sugary drinks. Mm-hmm. And that I believe also induced yep. a lot of that same quality. 
Exactly. Exactly. And so when you have, we're talking specifically about anxiety or, you know, worry, sort of a, feelings that a lot of people are having right now, mm-hmm. as we open back up into, you know, the world, um, is really looking at sort of warm cooked foods. Those can really help to be more grounding. Cause again, we're trying to decrease those qualities of air that have, that are similar to anxiety, you know, the movement and sort of the lightness and the dryness. What I find is a lot of people who have a lot of anxiety tend to like to eat cold things and drink cold drinks and eat a lot of raw foods, which just increases their anxiety. So you want to do the opposite and do warm cooked foods, warm fluids, really avoid the ice and the chilled um, drinks and foods. And when you're saying applying yogic, you're saying yogic philosophy or yogic tools. Mm Mm-hmm. Both. The tools of yoga. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the tools of yoga. Yeah. How do we apply the tools of yoga? Yeah. So again, you know, that's about really the three main ones are breath, meditation or stillness and movement or the posture, right? So again, we're going to do the opposite. We want things that are a little more grounding. So let's talk about meditation. You know, you don't want to be meditating on an image. Let's say you're doing visualization meditation on a flowing river. That's a lot of movement. Instead, meditate on an image of a mountain that's grounding. It's solid right? Right there, you can feel the energetic difference between, Mm. you know, they're both calming and soothing. But if you're suffering from anxiety, visualizing a mountain is going to be a lot more restorative and calming and grounding than a flowing river, right? Right. So things like that, then, you know, with with breath, I always tell people to lengthen your exhale. That's how you can tap into the power of the breath to calm the nervous system down. And then as far as movement, again, you know, it's not that you shouldn't go for a run or for a walk, but slow your pace down or at least balance it out with some things that are a slower, more restorative pace to let, to help you ground more. Yeah. I love that. Those are some great steps that every, I mean, I don't know anybody who couldn't have the awareness to do that. They're very simple things that you can incorporate into your life. I'm going to just transition into a a different type of question. Sure. Just because I feel like knowing all of these different tools and things that work efficiently for you, Mm -hmm. what was that like when you were in a situation where you're working in a job, especially in the ER room where there was a lot of that energy I'm sure it was a lot of frenetic energy going, going on. Mm -hmm. How were you able to sort of move through that obstacle? I'll be honest. I didn't do it very well in the beginning. And I think that's why I had so many challenges. I got sick. I had so many symptoms, um, to the point that it was debilitating. I threw out my back every time I'd have a couple of days off. So I really was not doing a good job of that. You know, I was juggling, um, being newly married, having two young children. I had my kids while I was in medical school. So, you know, I had a lot going on in my life that was just 
contributing to my anxiety and to so many of the symptoms I was having. It wasn't until I really stopped and took a good look at like what was going on that I started to incorporate these principles of Ayurveda back into my life, um, where I became so much more aware, you know, Ayurveda, this way of living is really at its basic level about awareness. It's about living consciously about being aware of why you're making the choices you're making or, you know, what's showing up for you and then taking a look and saying, well, why is this showing up? You may not know the exact answer, but it's sort of like taking an inventory. So literally if you have a symptom and this is what happened to me, I learned that, you know, when I would start having a headache rather than just ignoring it, right. Let me just take a moment to think about what has been going on in my life for the past week? How have I been eating? How have I been sleeping? Have I had a routine? Have I had connection with other human beings, right? Just going through a list of things and thinking about how many of these things am I doing that I know are good for me? And if I'm not, I can usually trace it back to where those headaches may have started. Mm. And so I start to remedy that, right? That's really what Ayurveda is about. It's about living consciously and really anybody can do that. Right. Yeah. What my teacher always says that yoga is about bringing the unconscious into the conscious. conscious. So yep. being able to uncover whatever is, is beneath the, the layer of, you know, whatever we're not seeing what's underneath the surface. And I, I love that you're saying that because I feel that especially now so much so much of what's happening in the world is us being able to wake up to the things that aren't working in our life right being able have being forced to slow down having everything shut down mm -hmm. was this collective stillness that we all had to experience and I feel that that's why so many people are having these um, awakenings so to speak they're being more conscious about their health or their relationships because they had that opportunity to really slow down and assess what was happening. I, I can't even tell you how many of my friends have contacted me about, you know, wanting to read a book about right. spirituality or wanting to learn more about yoga. I mean, these are friends that I've had my entire life for mm -hmm. 30 years. And now they, they're being more curious about learning more about who and what they are and so in a way it's it's the gift right of being able to slow down but i think that anybody can have access to that if they do what you're saying right you know in, in ayurveda we say that you know toxins basically come and toxins create imbalance within us which then leads to symptoms illness chronic disease if you don't remedy it right but toxins we say in Ayurveda come from every aspect of our life, our lifestyle and routines, our diet, our environment or space, our relationships, and then our career and work and passions, right? And so I think what's happened, and you're exactly right, is that in the pandemic, all of a sudden everything stopped. And we actually could take a look at these different areas of our life and say, well, wow, I am not having those headaches I used to have. I wonder why that is, you know, and, and you can take an inventory and say, oh, it's because I haven't had to deal with X, Y, Z relationship in my workplace or whatever, because I have been at home, whatever it is. But I think 
the most important thing as we're going back and sort of reemerging from, you know, being at home is to really take a few minutes, take some time to reflect and say, what do I want to keep from my life before the pandemic? And what do I want to still just not have to have anymore or get rid of, right? And, and really think about it in terms of your health, right? And what challenges have you had and not had during the pandemic? Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. That's so... I mean, even I'm still thinking about the three things that you said to do. I'm so I'm going to echo what your people said in the beginning and when they asked if you had a book, because I have been studying for as long as I have, like I, I told you in the beginning, and I've I've never heard it put so succinctly as just pay attention what you're doing with your routine. Um how you're moving your body, how you're feeding your body, being aware of the things that you're putting in and using breath, meditation and movement as a way to ground and yeah, just pay more attention to what's happening in your life. I think that's that's so great. I mean, for for everybody to be able to apply those tools into their lives, I feel like would be absolutely monumental, especially for people that are really struggling right now that don't, don't know where to start. Right. right? And I, th I think it's, you know, also start simply. We tend in our culture in Western culture to try and complicate everything. Yeah, and that's honestly, me. that's me. the most, <laughs> the most powerful answers are simple ones. And it, it's, it goes against everything where you've been trained to sort of think about in Western culture. It always has to be complicated and, you know, and, and, and lots of steps. And actually that's not true. There's so much power in simple things and, you know, adding something small can be life changing quite literally. You don't think that it can be, but it will be right. Just changing your bedtime by 15 minutes over time, if you do it consistently, will have a profound effect on your health. It's something that's small, right? Moving your largest meal to the middle of the day when your digestion is the strongest and the sun is highest in the sky. Again, we're connected to nature. If you just do that, it will profoundly change your digestion. I have had so many, I mean, hundreds of people come to me and say, I cannot believe how powerful that one thing is. And I didn't give them a food list. I didn't tell them to eat something differently. I just said, change when you're eating your largest, most difficult to digest meal, move it to the middle of the day. That's all. And it's profoundly changed their lives. Yeah. Oh, what do you say? I mean, there's so many people that are having issues with sleep right now. Mm -hmm. People are sleep deprived. And I know that that really affects everything else. It affects hormones. It affects your mood. It affects digestion. It affects every, everything. Um, so what, what would you recommend for people to do? For me, I'll just, I, watching TV at, at the end of the day used to be a, a bad habit when I was in my 20s. I got rid of it and then over the course of the last year during the pandemic, because everybody's mm -hmm. watching the news, we right. put the TV back in the bedroom, which was a big mistake. Mm -hmm. And that contributed to the anxiety and just everything that yep. was going on. So we ended up then taking it back out and deciding, okay, let's not 
do that. That's not helping. Um, but right. now we just we just stay watch TV late in the living room, and it's the same thing. You know, we're mm-hmm. just now staying up way past the time we should. Um, but that's the that's one thing. What other thing can contributes to our ability to not sleep? Well, so the blue light is a big thing, right? So again, let's think about this. Insomnia is basically the mind is really active. That's really what insomnia is. You're thinking, you can't sleep. And so if you do things that are going to increase that activity of your mind, of course, you're not going to be able to sleep. So you need to do the opposite. You need to do things that are going to calm your mind down. So whether that's having a bedtime routine that starts two hours before you actually want to be asleep, right? And actually giving your nervous system some time to calm down from being in the world, from being on Zoom and taking care of kids and you know homeschooling and whatever else you're doing, you need that time to unwind and sort of calm your nervous system down so that you can sleep. So you know, having a bedtime routine, making sure that you try and move your bedtime closer and closer to 10 PM at latest, if you can. And there's a lot of hormonal, biological, physiological reasons for that. Um, and then also making sure, like you said, turn off all the devices, anything that glows, anything that has blue light needs to be turned out off at least 90 minutes before bed, if you can. Again, that's an ideal. You want to start moving towards that. So if you can't do 90 minutes, do 60 minutes, do 30 minutes, start somewhere, start somewhere small. It will, it will profoundly change your, your, your health and how you feel. What are you most excited about right now for your book? I'm just so excited for more and more people to access this information. You know, my mission, the the reason that I'm doing what I'm doing, um, the reason I show up on Instagram and have a podcast and wrote this book is so that more people can access the power, the healing power of Ayurveda, because it has been so powerful for me. It's been powerful for 5,000 years. There's something there. And so I think if I can use the fact that I have an MD and that I grew up with this tradition as a way to help people access it and sort of, you know, take their guard down and really listen, then I've done my job. I love that so much. Thank you so much for doing this and for being here. We so appreciate it. And we, I'm, I'm so excited to share this with everybody because I feel like there's so many tools that you just shared with us that will really help people and i'm excited to read your book as well if can you tell the listeners what the name of your book is yeah absolutely it's called the health catalyst you can get it on amazon um and it's linked on my website you can also follow me on instagram and you'll be able to get to everything from there as well well, and we will, if you go to the info button of this particular podcast, we'll share all of Dr. Avanti's links and as, as well as where to buy the book on this podcast. So if you go to the info button, check all the links, they'll all be there and make sure that you let us know what you thought about this episode. So before we wrap up, I do have one final question that I want to ask you. I ask everybody that's been on the show and it's pertaining to this podcast and why I created it. I just wanted to create a place for people to go to, to get inspired, to feel supported. And the whole idea is that the universe works for us and not against us. And final question to you is how do you feel radically loved? I feel radically loved when 
I'm connected to other people, to nature, and to myself. You actually, when people answer that question, they actually go into that space. And I love being able to see it. And uh, I'm so grateful. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your knowledge with us. This book is going to change so many people's lives. I know that listening to this podcast for some people is what they need to be the catalyst. No pun intended. (laughs) Pun intended. To be the catalyst for their health journey. So thank you so much for doing this and for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Hey, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I am so excited to continue to do this. Please share this with your friends. Email us. Message us on Instagram at Rosie Acosta or on Twitter at Rosie Acosta. Subscribe on iTunes. Write a review. We love doing this. So please help us continue to keep this podcast going. Thanks for listening.